for staying healthy, staying mm-hmm. young, for anti-aging, for immune system, for proper inflammation. Like we gotta keep on going, but it's detrimental to get your hours of sleep. And then shout out to all the night shift nurses. We know exactly how you feel when mm. this topic comes up and uh, it sucks because you know you're doing your body wrong in, in a sense. So I'm looking forward to getting on days and having that consistent schedule. And someone, someone even asked us a question on Instagram about that. Like, what do you guys prefer, days or nights? Oh, I gotta go. I've been working, told them please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bro. Just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog. Swear I paid on my fees. I was starving for this game. Now my fan they can't eat. Hey everyone, welcome to the Cup of Nurses podcast with your hosts Peter Fendera and myself, Matt Slarchuk. This is a podcast where we tackle current health news and hot nursing topics. One conversation at a time, ladies and gents. Thank you, everyone, for coming back and tuning in with us. If you guys love our content, we really do appreciate you guys listening and the downloads, the comments, all that feedback we get. We really do appreciate it. It motivates us, and this is why we keep on producing this high-quality content, and we're back for episode after episode, so thank you. And if you have time to find value in this podcast, smash the five t- stars. It motivates us. Some housekeeping, cupofnurses.com for anything related to us, such as announcements, show notes and etc also have the merch that's out i'm wearing the nursing definition shirt if you're watching it on youtube and then also we are frontline warriors we have blog posts once a week talking about consciousness and how to improve your life so a lot of value there and then of course the third brand that we're working on so hard currently it's in development and that is pronto so we're trying to innovate and revolutionize healthcare for all medical professionals if you guys want to get on the wait list and find out more information about that, it's going to be on prontohealth.com. And yeah, let's begin the show. How you doing, Pete? I'm doing great. Dude, it's nice, nice time here, here in Texas, you know. But this episode, another very informative one, we're going to talk about how to optimize your immune system. It's the winter time, so people are getting, getting cold, they're getting sick. So we're going to talk about how to maintain hydration, optimal sleep balance, nutrition, and also some supplementation just so you have a very strong immune system and it reacts when it's supposed to react especially during the winter time so mm-hmm. immune system is something that's neglected and we're going to talk about hydration here and it's kind of funny how we're going to talk about the lymphatic system and such an underrated system where it's an organ system that's not even talked about mm-hmm. it gets brushed upon but it's almost like our second cardiovascular system in a mm-hmm. sense it's basically like you could say like you know when you have in in France that like tunnel system, I'm not sure what what town it's in or Ven- maybe it's in Venice, France or something, but where they have like these these roads, but instead of roads they have uh, it's just like canals. Oh, in Venice, yes. Yeah. So that's just basically like your immune system, your lymphatic system is basically like all those canals where it just, it just collects everything. You could say the the sewage uh, and whatever other debris and cells that your body produces. It's basically our you could say our waste management system. Yes. Uh, very similar to kind of to our to our kidneys, you know how kidneys filter our, our urine. Well, the lymphatic system also has a you could say filtration aspect of of uh, like the human body for the most part. And yeah, something that we don't talk about very often. We maybe talked about it a few times in nursing school, but that's that's really it's, it's about it. Only time you really think about the word lymph or lymphatic system or lymph nodes is usually with like cancer or breast cancer, where 
a female is diagnosed with breast cancer and they have to, you know, cut out some, some lymph nodes because that's where the, the cancer tends to spread and through, through the, to like a certain lymph node. So we remove it just so we don't have that issue because if something were, were to get into through that lymph node, well, guess what? That's going to go to the rest of your body because your lymphatic system is literally connected to every single tissue, every single organ in your body. So that's yeah. why it's so dangerous that if, if cancer happens to infiltrate a lymph node, it can spread throughout your throughout the rest of your body. Because it's the super highway, just like the cardiovascular system, it's just catching a ride. And you know that's our first tip is to maintain hydration. Hydration plays a vital role in your immunity and all mm -hmm. the functions that go with your immune system. So, especially as a nurse, you come to work and you're drinking your venti uh, coffee or grande, whatever the case might be and you have a freaking bottle of water that gets neglected shift goes by mm -hmm. your urine you know turns yellow you go to sleep you're still dehydrated because you don't want to drink water before you go to sleep because you don't wake up during your sleep cycle which is important too and take up you know take a piss so two three four days of like mild dehydration we experience mm -hmm. as nurses it's freaking vital get your mm -hmm. o2 in right 100 and that's like usually when nurses get sick too just h2 sorry h2 and not water what do you say I said O2. O2. Well, get your O2. Don't hold yeah, your breath nasal too cannula. Long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need the supplementary, you know? A glass of water before bed and then there's a camera before you fall asleep, you know? Or the biopab if you have sleep apnea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make sure yeah. you get that sucker in somehow in those lungs, though. <laughs> yeah, it's the way you do it. But that's usually when we get sick is like we do a three in a row as nurses and then day number three as our last day, our... You know, our system is all backed up. It's all like uh, on a standstill because you haven't been drinking water. You haven't been really taking care of yourself because you've been working for like the last three days or three nights where you get sick on that night where you come off or a day where you come off because you were doing so much damage to your, to your system where now you maybe the, the flu came by or, or, or you, got, you, know, you caught a cold Rana. or something. Yeah, or a Rona came by and you happen to you, you got it and, you know, you're more susceptible to the infection because... Your, your body wasn't in its optimum. You were dehydrated, you were tired, you were hungry, you didn't get the proper nutrition, you didn't get the proper sleep, you didn't drink enough water. And guess what? That, that is an op, that, that's a, like, an optimal environment for viruses and bacteria to, to infect your body. And they're going to grow and spread because you're in a weakened state. So it's crazy because our body is, in general, 70% uh, water and your lymphatic system is about 90%. So if you think about your, your blood volume, if you're dehydrated, you have you have less volume, right? So you're gonna you're gonna feel it, and your heart's heart's going to work a little bit harder. And same thing with your lymphatic system is if you don't have enough fluid there, enough volume, well, guess what? Kind of slows slows things down. It makes things more con concentrated in there, but it doesn't become as as efficient. You know, you might have more WBCs, but it takes a long time for them to get to that area where they where you need to yeah. go and you know fight off the disease. So it's crazy how water plays a role. And I didn't even really think of the lymphatic system up until I did some research. Uh, that that shows how hydration affects your immune system because my first first idea of okay so we're talking about water hydration so something has to do with like the cardiovascular system or something about perfusion but this actually plays a higher role on the lymphatic system more than like you, you say your, your blood volume at this point if you're talking about like immunology yeah. and stuff like that the way i like to envision this lymphatic system and I, this is an analogy that i got from the internet i didn't make it up myself but it's almost like the airport security line. So the lymphatic system is like this extra security that you have. So everybody goes through TSA, and that's like in your blood vasculature. You know, there's immune cells, there's guards there that could infiltrate threat. But the lymphatic system is like a double check. There's different security guards that are going to pat you down. You go to a more concise 
checking. And that's what happens in his lymph system, just like you mentioned, it just absorbs some water from the cardiovascular system and goes through this extra security measure. Mm. And your lymphatic system already has tools in it to destroy neutralized threats. And that's why it's so important to keep that sucker hydrated, especially when you mentioned it's 90% freaking mm. lymph. So you need that water to maintain its integrity and its functionality. It also plays a role in maintaining like protein and you could say fat balance because some of those in, in your lymph, with your, with your lymph and your lymphatic system um, doesn't only, only carry like immune cells. It also partakes in, in like protein and, and fats when they, you know, happen to slip out of your, your, your vessels, it happens to flow into the, the lymphatic system and, and it picks it up and then re redistributes protein and fat where it's supposed to go. So it's like, it, it, it's like that cheese grater where it also catches some of those, you know, you know, things that kind of fall through through your vasculature, which is also cool, which I had no idea about. I thought it was just, you know, just fluid that, that carries immune, immune cells. Yeah. But it's crazy how it just picks up on this protein or fat that happens to fall off and redistributes it. So it plays like a major role in just, not just in the immune system, but also like properly functioning organs because it filters them out through, to get rid of the toxins, but also replenishes them with also some proteins and some fats. And since we're talking about the subject, this is why it's also important to exercise because the lymphatic system doesn't have a heart pumping things too. So in order for it to circulate, yes, movement is the key for your lymphatic system. Literally, there's smooth muscles that are attached to the lymphatic system that's kind of pushing things through. So on top of hydration, you need some damn movement. And what's fascinating is a study from 2013, uh, 2013 that investigated uh, the immune system function on dehydration. So they went up to 25 universities of judoists after judo practice, and they were divided into two groups between levels of mild dehydration and severe dehydration. And it showed that dehydration led to immunosuppression, including decreased neutrophils, which is an important uh, type of cell for tissue healing and the infection fighting capabilities. Yeah, so it was cool to look at that study because there's actually a few other studies that I looked at that, that, that we didn't really include in the show notes, but a lot of these studies show that like a small amount of dehydration uh, for a short period of time is shown to be beneficial, but it's that longer dehydration for longer periods of time is, is that what's really detrimental to your immune system. But if you're slightly dehydrated, that, that has shown to be kind of a little bit um, more beneficial, which kind of makes sense because when you think about it, when you're sick, when you have a fever, I don't know about for you, but I feel like I pee a lot when I have a fever. Like I feel like I'm de dehydrated, and that yeah, that I feel like happens. So your your immune cells could kind of aggregate in, in larger quantities to fight off that that um, that virus or that bacteria. That's that's my, that's my opinion and perspective of, of why a little bit of dehydration is is beneficial. But this other study they looked at in 2012, it was published in the Journal of Applied Physiology, Nutrition, and Metabolism. And it didn't really look at directly the immune system and dehydration. It just looked at the effect of dehydration, you could say. So they found out that uh, dehydration or exercise-induced dehydration, either one, it decreases um, the amount of, you could say, um, white blood cells and the efficiency of your saliva. It slows it down. So then the flow rate, flow rate of your saliva also decreases alpha amylase and, and also lysosome secretions, which 
they didn't look at that how it directly impacts immune system they just looked at how dehydration affects these and it, and it did show to to decrease these so it does slow things down in, in certain ways regarding like your immune cells it wasn't a direct mm -hmm. correlation but it makes sense if you have proteins and things that are in the saliva that are coating your mouth and preventing yeah. that's your first line of inf infection or defense i should say and if that's weakened more than likely that fluoride's probably going to affect mm -hmm. something that could lead for you to have that bacteria travel further down your track and mm. into your respiratory system or et cetera. All right. And then another study from 2019 actually looked at how dehydration affects people with, with asthma. So for with asthma, the scariest thing for an asthmatic is, is the bronchial constriction that, that they have. So when somebody eats like a, a peanut or they have like exercise induced asthma, what happens off, what happens is like your airway, airways constrict and you can't breathe. So you could literally, um, you, you could die because you're not going to be able to take a breath in or you're not going to be able to breathe out either. So it actually showed that dehydration actually increases the, the, I guess, like the threshold for you to undergo bronchial constriction. So if you're dehydrated, you have a higher likelihood of getting that, that, that bronchial constriction in your, in your airway, which is, which is scary. So that, that even shows that, that even if you're a very healthy individual, but you have asthma, you should probably always stay hydrated because then you have a less chance of, of experiencing like exercise-induced asthma. Because I know a lot of people have exercise-induced asthma where if they run for long periods of, of time, they got to hit their inhaler, the albuterol, because their their um, their airways constrict. So this just shows you if maybe if you're working out, having a having a really big workout, and you're and you're kind of scared of having exercise-induced asthma, or that happens to you, definitely stay super hydrated and keep drinking water because this study just shows that if you're dehydrated, you have a high likelihood of this happening to you, which is pretty scary, and it's going to obviously impact you know your your, your workout program or your workout session or the athletic activity that you're competing in. Yeah. So just stay stay hydrated in general, not just not just for your immune sake, just for the sake of your body, you could say. The next step that we're going to talk about to boost your immune system for winter is getting enough sleep we've had a few podcast episodes about sleep and the guests that went on they mentioned sleep a lot it's uh crucial for for staying healthy staying young for anti-aging for immune system for proper inflammation like we could keep on going but it's detrimental to get your hours of sleep and then shout out to all the night shift nurses we know exactly how you feel when mm. this topic comes up and uh, it sucks because you know you're doing your body wrong in, in a sense. So I'm looking forward to getting on days and having that consistent schedule. And someone, someone even asked us a question on Instagram about that. Like, what do you guys prefer, days or nights? As much as I love to have my own pace on night shift and listen to an audio book or whatever's playing in my ear pod, day shift's a way to go just the mm -hmm. way you just feel overall in the days after work. You don't have to adjust, readjust. You don't have to like plan out your your nights or your days, and you just yeah, you're right. You just feel in general so much better. And of course, the people out there that could pull off night shift forever, but that's just I feel like it's a small minority, and it's definitely not us because like night shift is rough. Like we've been doing it for a while. I did it off off coming off of nursing school for a long time for years, and once like I, I switch, I'm just like wow, this is like you don't know how you feel until you try it out. So if you never work day shift, you've always been doing nights and you feel good at nights, I also recommend trying like a day, day position because I felt good at nights, but then I'm like, I feel a lot better on days, which I was f like pretty surprised on. And like the workload is definitely a little bit, a little bit more, but it's manageable. It's not something that you, that you can't deal with. Yeah. yeah. And one interesting thing that we looked up about sleep is it's saying that, you know, you free up your immune, um, you free, not, free up your energy and your immune system to take care of critical tasks. So one thing that happens is 
you have increased cytokine production. Mm. So I wonder as a night shift nurse, do you have an, an like an increased inflammatory state of because of your night shift that doesn't happen for day shift because of just your the circadian rhythm mm. and you're technically more inflamed like that's yeah that's something to speculate but but you're not sleeping on night shift you know so i don't think that has a chance to turn on that yeah that's that's what i'm trying to get at like mm. is there still mechanisms that that causes to happen but the beautiful thing of this is it's fascinating how smart your human body is and it knows how to adapt to things and have specific tasks on specific time frames of what's going on with the body because why would you try to re rearm the troops and do everything when you're still fighting the war and everything so mm. it's just it's such a freaking beautiful thing i love podcasting and doing this research and just mm. learning about this stuff every single podcast episode always intrigues me about something yeah that was mind-blowing when i read that that like immune system actually a part of your immune system actually revs up and increases when you sleep and that's just that's like the beauty of it where it's like self-regulating but it needs you to sleep to perform these functions because the functions that it performs when you're sleeping might not be optimal to perform those functions when you're awake right because you don't want a overly reactive immune system for example when like you're working out or you're just sitting there right you don't want to you know be sweating or you know have fighting an, an infection or anything like that like it's, it's complicated because like your immune system is, it does its own thing. You, you can't control it, right? And we've seen that when you have an infection, you want your immune system to be at a certain level. Because if it's at a certain level, it could fight up that, that infection. But if it goes above that level, it's not only fighting that infection, but it's also fighting, fighting you. So it becomes autoimmune. Mm -hmm. So you know how inflammation is beneficial, but it's only beneficial when you have an infection. So imagine being like at an increased inflamed state when you're awake doing stuff, when your body needs to focus more on like your brain for thinking or your muscles for working out, it's thinking about fighting something off that's not really there. So, so that's why it's kind of cool that when we fall asleep, this actually revs up because now you're relaxed, you're not lifting anything, you're not mentally processing any, any information, even though you technically are, but you're not you know, physically in contact with anybody. So your immune system could kind of go into almost a little bit of an overdrive to take care of and handle whatever it wasn't able to take care of and handle when you were, you were awake because there's more, there's higher priorities to take care of when you're awake. Like digestion, for example, digestion is a lot more important for you when you're awake compared to when you're sleeping. So digestion decreases, you know, your blood flow slows down, your heart rate decreases, your breathing decreases, and, but your immune system actually increases, which was probably one of the most fascinating things I've, I've learned so far yeah. in this episode. Pretty cool. And if you're a night shifter and trying to get some tips on sleeping better, a couple of things you want to do is what I've recently done is get a night mask, per, per, you know, prevent all that light from going in. Try to not consume any caffeine six hours prior to going to bed because caffeine uh, messes up one of the REM cycles where you, your body's not able to recover fully. Mm. And I wouldn't eat before bed. I do it all the time when I'm off work, low key. Uh, but when I'm going to when I'm working my shifts, I usually don't work or I don't eat like eight hours before. That's because I'm fasting. But in general, lay off like a couple hours before because your body has to be free of doing tasks. Right, all that blood's going to be chilling in the gut, trying to process food versus that blood is going to be in the lymph or cleaning itself out mm -hmm. or helping other homeostasis processes from you know for happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another really fascinating thing that, that I learned from this is, is that you know how you have your memory, right, in your brain, 
Um, scientists are also saying that that sleep is beneficial for like your immune memory. Your immune system is is able to better recognize older infections and it's able to kind of keep them in their memory when you get optimal sleep. We have a giant um, article in our show notes if you want to check it out. It's, it's very scientific, very in-depth. has to do with like APC cells and also T cells, different cytokines because, you know, we should actually study this and it's some of them are saying that, hey, the better sleep you get, not only are you going to have a better time fighting infections, but you're going to have a better time remembering on what infections you already had. So you're going to be more efficient in finding them the second or third time that they come along, especially during this, you know, C-19 season and flu season, cold season. A lot of these uh, these these diseases and viruses are are reoccurring. You know, they, they do mutate sometimes, but even though, though some viruses might mutate, your body still might know how to fight it off because it learned from a different, you could say, variant of it. Just because a variant has, has switched doesn't necessarily mean that that the whole immune response that you're going to need to fight off is going to have to switch too. So it's actually pretty cool. So make sure you get that sleep. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. At least seven hours, boys and girls. Even I would love to have some time to literally go to sleep and just wake up whenever. Mm. Of course, there's always a strict schedule. We always have to be somewhere. There's something happening where you can't do that, but it'd be nice to just let your body fall asleep and wake up whenever it's ready. Yeah. Whenever the does is recharged. Right, but I wish you could fall asleep at like midnight and wake up at like eight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that'd be ideal. Like if, if there was like something that you could install where you could be like, okay, midnight, I want everything to just turn off. Like I want to sleep on command. You know, that'd, that'd be clutch. I would definitely get that installed. And, there, and there is people that could sleep on command. Mm-hmm. So I freaking, I hate you guys low key because I always, it takes me some time to fall asleep. Like I need to like, meditate it through mm. to calm my brain down and fall asleep yeah i can't sleep on command but i could for sure sleep anywhere i guess i could probably sleep anywhere just like i can't always fall asleep everywhere you know that makes sense but if i fall asleep then i can sleep anywhere that makes sense yeah that makes sense right yeah you can i probably, mean when you're tired you can knock out anywhere dude yeah true but like, i'm saying in general like even if i'm if i'm like not tired like the problem like same problem with you i can't fall asleep right away but if i'm getting ready for bed let's say i gotta sleep on the ground or something I mean, I, I can fall asleep on the ground. It's going to take me a little bit, but I have no problems with sleeping on the ground, you yeah. know. So the next way to boost your immune system is to consume foods such as citrus, ginger, and yogurt. And we're going to go to each one in depth. So the first one is citrus foods. They contain a high amount of uh, vitamin C. They have high potassium, phosphorus, magnesium, vitamin B. They're also, they also contain antioxidants, which we talked about before, uh, Depends on research, but what antioxidants do is they may block certain genes from being expressed. As you know, uh, we're not only diseases that happen from genetics. We also have something called epigenetics, and that's when, you know, uh, genes downregulate based on your environment and lifestyle. So Mm -hmm. antioxidants help block that from specific triggers from happening that could lead to degenerative diseases. Mm. Ginger is probably one of the most uh, beneficial things you could you could probably take uh, on, on Earth. I'll probably say, if our buddy Luke was here, he's he's a very he's a he's a ginger activist. I feel like, especially in California, we're traveling in California. He always put put ginger in his water, and we did some looked at some studies, and uh, one study looked at sixty four people for about two months, and these happened to be diabetics, and with these two months, they were consuming ginger uh, every day, and they actually had a decrease in their inflammatory proteins like. Uh, tumor necrosis factor, uh, C-reactive protein, uh, compared to people that 
that weren't taking anything, which is crazy because it just shows you that ginger has some kind of a anti-inflammatory uh, compounds in it. Another study that, that I looked at, um, it looked at male athletes who took in 1.5 grams of ginger powder daily for six weeks, and they also experienced the same results. They had a decrease in these, in these inflammatory proteins like TNF, which is the uh, tumor necrosis uh, uh, factor uh, cells that, you know, that obviously play a big role in our immune system. And it shows you that, that a food, some, something like ginger, was able to do this. So imagine how, how big of a role diet in general plays on your body. If you just found out that ginger, hey, decreases in inflammation, imagine what other, um, other, other food, foods can, can do to you if you have you know, low iron, if you're anemic, you, know, there's, you, you, you could eat red meat, you could eat dark leafy greens, and it increases your iron, and you, you automatically feel better from it. So diet plays like a giant role in, in your immune system, but also you as, as a whole, as a human being. It's literally the, the building blocks. What you eat is literally what you build your body off of. And it's unfortunate people still don't understand that. And we see people in society walk around, you know, and they're really super overweight and they don't care about the diet. But it plays such a, such a crucial role in, in, in health and our immune system. Yeah, and if you want to consume more ginger, you could cut it up and put it into your tea. Some people could cook with it. Uh, what we've been doing in this household is we kind of peel the skin off and you just take a spoon and you keep kind of picking at it so the hairs start coming out and you just drop s some stuff in your beaker and flask. You could drink it along the way. Uh, if you want to make yourself like a powerful ginger shot in the morning and juice, if you want to go that way, you can do that. And it honestly does wake you up like mm -hmm. a cup of coffee. Yeah, it's like a sp spicy lemony flavor to it. So it's just, it's, uh, don't put too much because it could be overwhelming. But it'll definitely give you like that, like a little morning wake up that you need, even just by like smelling it. You can, you know, you're smelling ginger. Yeah. Or if you're, if you want to go like a little detox route, what I used to do is uh, take some lukewarm water when you wake up, with some lemon, and then add some cayenne pepper, and that has like some anti, not anti, uh, detoxing mm. uh, components into it. Mm. Yeah. Another uh, really good, powerful immune system food you could say is definitely yogurt. Uh, yogurt is primarily known for the probiotics in it, so lactobacillus is, is the most popular one. And that's actually responsible for breaking down lactose into uh, lactic acid. So if you think about it, what the bacteria does is it, is it makes like a acidic environment around itself, which is able to fight and destroy certain viruses and certain bacteria because it makes it an acidic environment. Around, it, around itself, so certain bacteria and viruses are not able to, to survive in that, which is the beauty of probiotics, and those are in our gut. So uh, a majority of our immune system is in our gut. That's why we always stress the importance of, of good nutrition and hydration and exercise because those are the staples of having a, a healthy gut. And if majority of your gut is in, um, the majority of your immune system is in your gut, and if your gut is not on point, what's well, going to affect your immune system? And we literally, I feel like we say that almost on every episode. Probably. Mm. People get probably know it. Oh, they're yeah. going to talk about the mic, mind-gut connection, yeah. huh? Yeah, we're about to insert that shit one more time. Yeah, here they go again, <laughs> dude. Here they you go. Know, well, skip the next one minute. Right. You know. Another superfood that would add in to your supplementations here is garlic. So mm. I've read like an anti-cancer book, and literally every single... Uh, cancer that he lay, laid out garlic was one of the top uh, what's it called foods to consume because of how powerful it is uh, and even in my like grandparents they had like a remedy where they used to like cook honey with garlic and milk and mm -hmm. they used to drink it for their when colds. you were sick yeah so 
consume some garlic too if you can. Mm. If you hate eating it raw or don't want to buy like that, just mince it up into your foods. It's so easy to consume it, yet it's so flavorful in all the dishes that you add, whether it's steak or you're uh, making Brussels sprouts, maybe you're making... I'm trying to think. You can put garlic in anything, man. You make literally. it soup, literally. You can put anything, any kind of, it. yeah, any kind of like poultry, any kind of vegetable, anything really. Garlic goes in anything except, I guess, like sports drinks or something. Something. Yeah. So consume that; it's healthy for you. Yeah. And the next thing to boost your immune system is we're going to talk about some supplementations. So the first one that we talked about previously, when it comes to C19 and helping with uh, respiratory infections, is vitamin D. Uh, it's recommended to take 600 to 2,000 IU's. Now, based on research, you could take anywhere from 5,000 to 50,000. That's considered safe, too. Uh, but, of course, con consult with your primary care provider. Because a couple of nurses not here for medical and nutrition um, facts or writing scripts out here. Uh, but vitamin D also helps with regulating your T cells, your B cells, your macrophages, your keratin sites. So vitamin D has a lot of links between Crohn's, autoimmune diseases, uh, we talked about bad sleep before, multiple mm. sclerosis, um, asthma, rheumatoid arthritis, so consume it. Mm. Uh, it's found in fish, red meats, liver, egg yolks, and et cetera. So if you consume that or maybe you want to get the natural form, you want to get out in the sun, it is winter time for this episode, so just supplement it. Mm. Um, my father even had a blood test done, and this was last year, and his vitamin D was low, low too. So Was there the winter time? Um, I'm not sure. Mm. But yeah, supplement it if the, the time comes, especially mm. winter. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, next one, vitamin C. This is probably the holy grail of, of you could say, the vitamins for immune system. If When someone mentions vitamin C, I'm sure the first thing that pops up to people's minds is going to be citrus fruits and basically fighting off infections and, and immune system. Uh, but not only is it necessary for, for certain mechanisms to occur in your in immune system, it also helps with like bone growth it helps with the growth of your, of your uh, tissues your, your teeth it plays a, a big role in a lot of a lot of um, activities in your, in your body that's just your immune system but this is the, the main one and you can't overdose on it right you've made liposomal vitamin c in the past uh, the only issue is is if you take too much of it is you might get like cramps or, or diarrhea but uh, i've consumed like large amounts of vitamin c before way over the, the daily limit and I, I've never had any kind of issues with it. Uh, the daily goal is basically somewhere around 2,000 milligrams a day. Uh, that's what you should strive for. If you go more, it won't, it won't hurt you. And I, we actually recommend if you are sick, then you know you could definitely increase that a little bit. That's you emergency package. Exactly. You could double it up three times three times the, the recommended servings uh, and you, you should still be fine. It's just so crucial, so important. Like people that have these, these vitamin C deficiencies, you know, they don't develop properly when, when they're kids. Their bones don't grow properly, their teeth don't grow properly, their hair doesn't grow properly. They have a, a really hard time with with uh, childhood development if you don't have enough vitamin C. Uh, some of the common foods you might find vitamin C in is citrus fruits like oranges, uh, they're in peppers or in strawberries, uh, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and potatoes. But if you can't get it from your foods, I would definitely recommend it in um, in a supplemental form. But I feel like vitamin C is one of the easier ones to to to, to that to like get because it has it's in all the good good tasting fruits you could say. Yeah, supplements mm -hmm. are important, especially like if you think about it, the way our soil is, where foods don't have the same jam packed mi micronutrients because of the you know overused mm -hmm. soil. What is that term? Um, I monocropping time. monocropping so it kind of messes things up and stuff like that mm. um and 
even me, so what I've been doing is I've done Viome and I had the whole gut test and it gave me the supplements I should be taking and probiotics. And I've been on like month number two and it's hard to tell, you know, it's, it's like a science experiment. It's hard to kind of extract that variable and be like, okay, these supplements improved me. It's hard because I'm sleeping, exercising, doing everything else, but I can definitely feel a lot better when I'm taking care of my gut. Mm -hmm. Uh, the next one is iron. So quickly, if you, you can look at the show notes, but 8.7 milligrams for for any man over 18 and 14.8 for women because of the monthly menstruations. Mm -hmm. So iron is important because it helps with functioning hemoglobin. Your hemoglobin is crucial to carry oxygen from the cell and the carbon and all that. So you want that you want that to be maintained perfectly. Also plays a role with the immune system because of the pathways and immune cells that are involved in iron regulation and uptake. Mm. So what it says here in my show notes is the gut, the gut utilizes even iron FE-S clusters for hemibiogenesis and mitochondrial function. Mm. So another crucial, you know, crucial, uh, what is it called? Organelle, mitochondria, which I still want to do a podcast about is it helps house that powerful house and helps you have energy and all that. Mm on top of the immune system. Yeah, so without iron, you know, you, you can't mitochondria and you can't produce ATP, which means you cannot function as a human being because ATP is required in, in every living living cell, right? Which is crazy to think about. It's iron, you know, it's in our blood too. Uh, vitamin E, uh, that's recommended at about 15 milligrams a day uh, for males and females. And the made, um, one major function of vitamin E, you could say, is to help create T cells. Without vitamin E, you can't build, build T cells, so you wouldn't really have you wouldn't have a big majority of your immune system if you didn't have vitamin E. And vitamin E is found in kiwis, avocado, spinach, squash, certain seeds, as well as uh, berries and asparagus. The last one is vitamin B. So we recommend people to take 2.4 micrograms uh, for being efficient adults because there's something called that occurs from low vitamin B12. It's called hyperhomocystemia which is uh, deficiency in vitamin B and deficiency in folic acid. And that causes systemic vascular inflammation. And a lot of scientists are saying now that's one of the pathogenesis that causes cardiovascular diseases, such as atherosclerosis, osteoporosis, uh, kidney disease, neurovascular disease, disease is that chronic inflammation is happening in the cell lining of your uh, blood vessels. Yeah, yep. there you have it, guys. Four ways to optimize your immune system. So trying to get sick this winter, I know everyone's prone to get sick, especially the, especially our nighttime healthcare workers, especially susceptible to illness just because your whole circadian rhythm is out of whack, you're probably not eating the best, you're probably not exercising the best, and you're probably not staying hydrated. So make sure you know to, to take some time out of your busy days and actually care about your body. Just because you're taking care of your body and making it into like a system and a habit it's a lot easier to, to work with than being sick for like two weeks where then you're stuck at home doing doing nothing and just complaining and feeling like shit and binge watching Netflix. Yes. Yeah, the best way to um, stop an infection is to prevent it. So you got to optimize your body. Yeah, and you're a, you're a trifecta of a human being. You have the mind, body, and soul. So remember that just like what you're consuming and sleeping and everything we talk about, it requires that perfect balance. So evaluate your life and see where you might have to kind of patch some holes in, in order to bring your vessel more into equilibrium and have a natural free pharmaceutical body. Mm -hmm. If that's the route you want to go away from things and try to use 
naturopathic medicine as much as possible with food supplementations and maybe some vitamins and minerals to boost your immune system and live carefree and happy and healthy. Yep. Thanks so much, guys. See you next week. Peace.